I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Acts chapter 28. And I'm going to read to you from the NIV. It's on the, it's on the screen. And I want to preach to you on the Triple T Club. The Triple T Club. Now, years ago, my wife, because of my forgetfulness, uh, running out of gas, locking my keys in the car, uh, letting the battery die, not doing what she tells me to do and get the car serviced and that type of thing, joined AAA for us. And I have found that uh, that has helped me tremendously through the years. So just trying to come up with a sermon title for this message, I thought I'll just call it the Triple T Club. And I like that title. So the question is, are you a member of the Triple T Club? You don't know, do you? Paul was a member of the Triple T Club. And I want us to look at that and see how we can apply this message to our lives today. The Bible says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, God's justice has not allowed him to live. Paul shook the snake off in the fire and suffered no effects. People expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, he's a god. There was a nearby state that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was in bed, sick, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were healed. I think it's interesting when we look at Paul's life to realize that he was a member of the Triple T Club. The first T in the Triple T Club, I wanna use for this word, trouble. Because Paul knew what it was to experience trouble. If you read in the previous verses, chapter 27, it talks about a shipwreck where no life was lost, but indeed uh, all of the men on board, 276 souls, some floating, some uh, swimming, but they made it to this island of Malta and then trouble took place. What's interesting to me, or additional trouble took place, what's interesting to me is the fact that God allowed this trouble to intersect, the trouble that Paul was going through. He allowed this event to take place so that Paul's life would intersect with the lives of people who had no idea about the Lord and their life was about to be changed because of the trouble that Paul experienced. 
So I want us to look at this triple T club. And the first letter there is, the first word in that club is trouble. Paul knew trouble. The scripture says that once he was safely on shore, the islanders were showing no unusual kindness. They had built a fire and Paul had a servant's heart. And so what he wanted to do was he wanted to help. So Paul, with his chains on, with his wet clothing, with, with all that he had going on, began to help and pick up firewood. He was not sitting back saying, y'all serve me, do this. No, he was involved in his community there and he wanted to, to make a difference. And as he was gathering fire for the, or uh, brush and wood for the fire, a viper reached out and grabbed hold of his hand and fastened itself to his hand. Now, Paul was no stranger to trouble. If you look in the book of Acts, from the time that Paul had his experience with the Lord in Acts 9 to the end of the chapter, you're covering some 25 years. <clears throat> and in that 25 years of time, there's a lot of things that you can read about in the book of Acts that happened to Paul. Some of those include assassination attempts, persecution, plots to destroy. He was kicked out of town. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was flogged by mobs. He was arrested, imprisoned. He was chained. Now, a lot of that stuff has never happened to me. But if you read on, there was one point when he was annoyed and distressed. That has happened to me a lot. Yeah. Amen. He was rioted against. As a matter of fact, there's one place in Acts 19.32, it records that there were so many people that were rioting and there was so much confusion that most of the people who were rioting didn't even know what they were rioting about. And so when we look at this, we find all of this trouble and even find the fact that he was shipwrecked. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it'll confirm that. It says, five times I received him. For verse 24, two, 2 Corinthians 11 and then 24 through 28. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Let me just add, with all of this that goes on in your pastor's life, I can tell you every day he feels the pressure for the concern for you. Amen. And certainly Paul knew trouble. But then all of a sudden after he had gone through all of this trouble and he was shipwrecked, he made it to the island of Malta. He was doing well. He had made it through this. Now he was snake bit. What? Snake bit. Cold, wet, and changed, trying to serve, 
trying to throw, doing something as simple as throwing some wood on a fire and a viper leapt out from the piece of wood and grabbed his hand and latched on to his hand. My, my question is this, can you relate? Can you relate with continual trouble? Sometimes it may be something funny and silly things like, you know, I've, I've gone to take my food to the, to the kitchen or to the living room to watch a little football and put my Coke on the table and it fall off and then go to sit down and it fa food falls in my lap and then my wife and I get in a fuss because I'm not perfect, amen. And all of these things happen and I thought, why are these things happening? But there are other times that I've experienced trouble and some of the people that I serve have experienced trouble when they're dealing with cancer and they're dealing with chronic pain and they're dealing with homelessness and they're dealing with a child that's on drugs and, and it's breaking their heart. And, and we wonder how long can we experience and take this trouble? Am I talking to anyone today? You know, maybe you can relate and maybe you've, you've said something like this, why are all these things happening to me? You may say something of this, of, can I ever get a break? You may be even join in that song that says, if it weren't for bad luck, I would. There you go. We may be there. I read several piece, people through the scripture that had problems. I read about people like Joseph and, and Jacob, his father, who, who made a statement one time. He said, all these things are against me. I, I read about Job and, and I, I read the Psalmist David when he said it like this. How long, O Lord, in Psalms 13, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? and day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? I'm talking about trouble. Are you a part of the club? Maybe you're like Gertrude. I shared this morning a few months back or maybe a couple of years back, my wife told me one time that she would like to jump out of a really good plane and skydive. My thought was how in the world would you want to jump out of a perfectly good plane. Gertrude did. Gertrude wanted to. She, she, she had her birthday present. It was her birthday present. She went to the field. The instructor said, okay, Miss Gertrude, you do this. When you jump out of the plane, you, first thing you do is pull the big cord. And if the big handle does, if it doesn't pull, pull the smaller handle. And then when you get to the ground, there'll be a red pickup truck there to pick you up. Gertrude jumped out of the plane. Geronimo! Nothing happened. She said, well, let me do it again. Geronimo! Nothing happened. She said, shoot. I bet that red truck's not gonna be there when I get to the ground either. Y'all can do better than that. Why are we surprised when trouble comes? Jesus said it in, in John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that you might have peace. In the world, you're gonna have What? Trouble, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So when I look at the Triple T Club, trouble is one of the first aspects of it. But the second aspect of, 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 of the Triple T Club is triumph. Now Paul experienced trouble, but get this, he expected triumph. He expected things 
better to happen in his life. He expected to be victorious. He expected to win. He was not settling for the trouble in his life. He expected there to be a better day. And when we look there, then this is what I see. Paul was gathering the firewood. The snake grabbed his hand. The islander said he must be a murderer and, 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 and justice must be getting, getting even with him. But then the Bible says that Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. That would be triumph, guys and gals. That's triumph. Now, what I, what I find interesting about this is Paul didn't appear to be surprised and he did not seem to panic. He just shook it off. Now, he was anointed, and I think this anointing is extremely important. The more I think about it, he was anointed with calmness. And he, was, he had an attitude that kept him in the midst of the presence of God. I mentioned earlier in the first service how that, that anointing of calmness and that attitude that keeps us in the presence of God was very evident here because you wouldn't do what you do every Sunday in and out with moving all of this stuff in and moving all this stuff out if it were not for the anointing of the Lord and the calmness of God's spirit in your life. I live in Gardendale, I vote here and this stuff is not here when I vote. I used to come to the gym here and this stuff is not here. But because of your effort, because of your vision, because of your pastor's vision, because of your calling, because of your, the, the member of the club that you're a part of, you know how to triumph and you're not surprised when things happen. Instead, when difficulties come, you shake it off. Now, if a serpent ever attaches itself to my arm, you gotta watch out because I don't like snakes. I don't like them at all. When I was pastoring the far, in Forestdale, the, there was, a, there was a, a parsonage there that I lived in and I, my son who's in his 30s now used to like to trick me and he loved buying rubber snakes and everywhere I'd go, I'd find rubber snakes. I remember one day I was under the, in the basement cleaning up. It was a low hanging basement. I moved a chair back and it was dark and I, I looked and there was a snake coiled up and I jumped back and ended up at Caraway back then. Six stitches, five or six stitches in the back of my head. I don't like snakes. I, I, the same boy at the same place, a different snake. It might have been the same snake because I took care of it after this. The same snake in a, in a pile of uh, mulch outside. It was in a mulch. I wasn't thinking about it, but I did have my gun because it was springtime. We were working around and... and and I was digging down and there was a snake leering at me in the mulch. I pulled my gun out and I put $10 worth of ammo in that $3 snake. I don't like snakes. Matter of fact, I was just thinking about how little I like snakes. I just had an opportunity to buy a little Derringer that'll shoot a 410 and a 45 and it's called a snake slayer. That's how bad I hate snakes. I don't like them. And so if I get snake bit, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be calm. I'm going to run. I'm going to scream. 
I'm going to snot. I'm going to cry. I didn't mean to tell this in the early service. I did, so I'll tell it to you. I'm going to be like the preacher who, who bought a lawnmower from a little boy, and he couldn't get it started. And the preacher asked him a few weeks later, said, son, how do you start this lawnmower? He said, well, preacher, you have to pull it real hard and cuss. The preacher said, son, I've been a, I'm a man of God. It's been, I've, I hadn't cussed in so long, I forgot how. He said, if you keep pulling that, you'll remember how to cuss. I don't know that that wouldn't happen. I hope not, but I don't know if that wouldn't happen if a snake grabbed a hold of me because I don't like them. The real problem though is not the rattle of the snake. It's not the forked tongue sticking out or the hissing or even the missed strike. The problem that I have to be aware of is if that snake latches on to my arm and if I panic. Because if I panic, a couple of things are gonna happen physiologically. Number one, my heart is gonna pump like nobody's business. My breathing is going to get increased. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be jumping around. I'm not gonna sit down and be calm. I'm not gonna say, would someone please pray for me? I'm going to be screaming and hollering and, and, and the situation will probably become bleak. A lot of times, spiritually and emotionally, we find that we have been bitten by a serpent. Let's just call him the devil. Let, let's just say we find ourselves going through trouble and we panic in our lives. We, 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 we get to thinking about ourselves and we feel sorry for ourselves and we feel victimized and, 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 and we may become angry and depressed or agitated and then we will start broadcasting our burdens, you know. We probably post them on Facebook because nobody reads and if y'all don't read me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna defriend you. Can I tell you in a counselor's office how many times a week I have to talk to people about coming off Facebook because it causes so much havoc in their life and in their relationships? I think it's the devil. And I'm gonna can't wait to get home and see what y'all post about this sermon. So, <laughs> We wear t-shirts that say, woe is me because of the trouble we go through. Now, rather than be like Paul, we grab hold of it. And when we grab hold of it and we wave it around, look what's happened to me. Look at me, poor me. Oh, I'm going through much, so much trouble. I'm going through much, so much trial. It intensifies it, the, latch, the snake latches tighter. The venom begins to flow freely in our lives emotionally and spiritually. And then we start saying things like, no one at 2911 really cares about me. I'm the only one that really does anything. They don't understand my problems. They don't understand the hurt in my life. And then bitterness begins to bloom and blossom and Envy will begin to spring up. I can sing as good as Jamie can, you know. Strife begins, jealousy and anger. I think I'm just gonna quit. I, I'm gonna be done with all of this. You see, what happens with venom, as I understand venom of a snake, it infiltrates and it, and it destroys from the inside 
out. So it's in there a long, well, a few minutes, but it's in there and does the damage like that. I want to be so much like Paul. I, I, he, the Triple T Club, he had, he had trouble, but he was able to triumph because this is what he did. Without fanfare and without panic, he just shook the snake off. The serpent had no effect on him. Trouble had no effect on him. He was not deterred from his duty. He maintained focus in his task. He, he didn't let his trouble inhibit him and keep him from doing what the will of the Lord is. And there's gonna be times when the serpent is going to attack all of us. Or 2016, for my mind, it was, I, I, I've been living this. It, it was a, not a good time for me uh, emotionally during 2016. And, and, and I had attacks. And, 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 and sometimes the attacks will be emotionally. Sometimes it will pick up old behaviors and, and old attitudes. And sometimes we let emotions hit us. And sometimes we let people's uh, behavior hit us. But this is what Paul did when the, snake attached itself to him as he was doing his thing, he just shook it off. We can do that spiritually and emotionally because the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. So if Paul was able to shake off the snake in the fire, we can shake off our hurt and our pain and our hangups and our sorrows and our difficulties and our worry and we can just throw it away in the fire. Now I need to say as a clinician, I've never liked hearing anybody say, just get over it, just shake it off. But as a minister for nearly 40 years, I'll soon be celebrating 40 years in the ministry I know there are times that I have to draw a line in the sand and say, get thee behind me, Satan. I have to draw a line in the sand and draw boundaries and say, enough is enough. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. I have to lay those things aside in the name of Jesus. So are you a member of the club? Trouble leads to triumph. And triumph leads to testimony. Triple T club. Now I want you to notice here in the word what happened. Paul shook the snake off and because he did so, and I think without any fanfare, without any big demonstration, he was invited to the estate of Publius, the chief official. And he was welcomed into his home and it was during that time that his, he found out that the father of Publius was sick. He was in bed. He was suffering from fever and a dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. He affected change. But not only for him, but when this had happened, the rest of the people on the island who were sick came and were cured. Glory to God. So are you a member of the club? You see, trouble precedes triumph and triumph precedes testimony. And I've, I love the word testimony. 
Well, I actually understand it like this. If I don't have a test, then I'm not going to have a testimony. If I take the word test and take it away from the word testimony, all I have is an ammonia, and I'm not sure what a ammonia is. Do y'all know what an ammonia is? I don't know. But Paul had a testimony. And because of his trouble and triumph, because of his calm demeanor, because of the anointing that flowed in his life, because of his relationship with God, he was able to put his faith into action and his trouble became a catalyst for a testimony that changed the lives of people that knew not the Lord. Y'all do that every day. You see, when I look at trouble, when I look at chaos, anybody ever experienced any trouble in here? Wave at me. Anybody ever experienced any chaos? Anybody, your husband's, uh, is, is any of your husband's always perfect? Y'all ain't putting your hand up. Anybody got any crazy kids? Anybody love your, anybody experience chaos on your job? Is your boss perfect and an angel? Come on, I'm meddling more than you are. Because y'all are not telling me the truth. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Miracles cluster around crisis and chaos. It's when you're in a situation like that that you really need God to change. Things, if you're doing it on your own and everything's fine, you don't need God. But when you realize God is all you have, then you're at a place where you realize he's all you need and that's where God can really begin to work in your life. So he was invited. Paul went into the home of Publius and the scripture doesn't record and they can go ahead and start playing. Come on back, some of them guys. The scripture does not record sermons being preached. So I, sometimes I feel like everything needs a sermon. Sometimes I just need to hug somebody's neck. Sometimes I need to give them a cup of cold water. Sometimes I need to do this, this ministry that this young lady's leading, uh, A21 or something like that. Sometimes I just need to sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone. Sometimes I need to give them a bag of food. Sometimes I just need to show some effort and some calmness and, and, and some prayers. And, and, and I can do that if I'm a member of the Triple T Club because I've gone through the trouble, I've been triumphant, and I have a testimony, and my behavior during all of that time has earned me the right to be heard. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. This verse of Scripture has spoken to me more lately than, than a verse of Scripture has in a long time. In Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. It says, and I think this is important for 2911 today, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. 
Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer every one. You know what? Wherever you are today, you may go to lunch today, and you may run into a waitress that's really going through a lot of trouble. And she really may not, she may not know the Lord. And how we respond to her could have an impact on her eternally. We go to there and we got a 2911 shirt on or a 2911 badge or, you know, we're carrying our 38 pound Bible in there and set it on the table, glory to God. And, and we give her a 50, a 50 cent tip or this doesn't taste right. This isn't good. This isn't good. Or we do business in this community and, and, and we do not give them the full evidence of our love and, and service to the Lord, but we're rude and disrespectful. I, I need, I don't care about my hamburger. Now I really do, but I have to pray about that. I go get me another one, but I'm gonna, I, I've, I gotta stop having that attitude of, well, this is not right. I'm gonna just, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? How many times have we offended people and driven them away from the opportunity to know the Lord because the hamburger wasn't right or the meal was cold? I need to be wise how I act toward outsiders. I've got to make the most of every opportunity. I've got to let my conversation be full of grace and seasoned with salt. What does salt do? Salt flavors, but it also purifies. It's, it, it, it'll heal. Salt also will preserve. I want to have a conversation that will flavor and preserve and heal and make a difference in someone's life. The way we act in trouble, we'll either open the door or close the door for our testimony. So this morning, are you a member of the club? The Triple T Club. You've experienced trouble in your life. You've experienced triumph. You've experienced testimony. There may be those in this room today that right now you're in the worst trouble that you've ever been. It's the, the, it's the greatest season of trouble and pain you've ever known. Some of you are coming out and you're triumphant and you're, you're lifting your hands before the Lord. And we praise God for that. Some of you, you're just living by faith and it's on a testimony. It's, it's the Lord has been good to me. He, he, he has saved me. He, God is good to me. I don't know where you are this morning, but this is what I would ask that you do. I would ask that everybody in the building who can and who will, I would ask for you to come up. Prayer team is gonna line up across the front, but if everybody that will would come up, I would like for you to do that for me right now, please. I don't count this opportunity to speak here lightly at all, at all. This is a high honor. And I sense I didn't do this in the first service, but I feel really led to do this in this service. If you're in the room, and yes, I've gone through trouble, but I really don't know this Lord that you're telling me about. I don't know this Jesus that, 
that Paul was able to testify about. I, I don't know him as my savior. And I really don't know a whole lot about church. I don't really understand 2911. I don't understand anything. But I know this, somebody told me that this was the place for me to come. If you're in the room today, and you say, Terry, I need Jesus. Or you may say to me, Terry, I, I don't really know what I need, but I, I need peace. I want you to join me in prayer. The scripture tells me that if I'll confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from unrighteousness. All I have to do is, is ask and believe and confess. So I'm gonna pray this prayer and if you're in here and you're not where you need to be with God or you don't know the Lord and your life is going crazy right now, I want you to pray this with me and I'd invite the whole room to pray. Father, I love you today. I don't understand everything about where I'm at, but this I know. Father, I need Jesus. Repeat that with me. Father, I need Jesus. I can't live my life without you. Repeat that. I ask you to come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me whole. Change me. I give myself to you today. And I declare you Lord of my life. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Would you lift your hands? I feel his presence. And if you just prayed that prayer, you got a bunch of prayer warriors up here. I want you to come up here and tell them that you just prayed that prayer. And I want you to talk to them and let them pray with you. Would you do that right now? All over the room, can we lift our hands? If anyone comes, just come on up here. And if you're not coming for that, but you know the trouble that I'm talking about and you're in the midst of terrible trouble right now. It could be home, it could be job, it could be finances, it could be family. I want you to come up and let these guys pray with you. Would you do that? Let's lift our hands as these, these folks sing just for a minute, sing one time.